The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. It's time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. And now, here's your hosts... John and Steven. Maggie's Cabinated Comics. I'm your host, John Clark. With me, mostly always, is my co-host, Stephen Brown. Yeah, there he goes. Were you chewing something? <laughs> no, just enjoying the moment. Uh, this is uh, this was like a uh, a flash spot podcast because um, we had uh, we had a uh, guest lined up and unfortunately we weren't able to make that happen this week it's still coming i'll let you know when that happens but then it's uh now sunday night which is usually when we post these we're like yes. hey we didn't do one we didn't do this yet no, yeah we, yeah we i haven't had heard the, from yes well we had the one with uh thomas arndt last week which was really mm-hmm. cool we had that for a little while but you and i haven't talked for a couple weeks yeah, I think two weeks, and we were talking about trying to figure out, like, oh, well, what's, like, news and what's come out, and the one thing I kept hearing endlessly, uh, and you hear it, and then you'll be like, nah, that's nonsense, that's not real, and then you hear another one, and you're like, yep, this is totally nonsense, it's, there's no way these things are real, and then you hear another one, and you're like, maybe this is real, <laughs> and it got, I guess it got leaked or something, but they're basically saying that the next Spider-Man movie is going to have Jamie Foxx as Electro, Andrew right. Garfield as another Spider-Man. Rumors are that Tobey Maguire is going to be in this movie and that Doctor Strange is going to play a part. Yeah, yeah. the one the one that I think is confirmed is that Benedict Cumberbatch is in it as Doctor Strange, um, which, because I tend to wait for these movies. I wait until um, the Hollywood press talks about it. Because, yeah. you know, like comic book resources and we got this covered.com by the way never read anything from we got this covered.com they're the breitbart of geeks okay um when <laughs> good ever, to know well, yeah like sometimes fans will post stuff on our page and i'll be like and and it's it's stuff like uh michael keaton's playing dracula in the next avengers <laughs> it's like, which would would be awesome yeah but it's like what wait where is this guy? oh we got this covered yeah it's bullshit um, so Benedict Cumberbatch, I knew came out in variety in the Hollywood reporter. I'm like, okay, they don't give a shit about what superhero is playing. What right. they give a shit about, about a news and clicks. They give a shit about this. A list actor is signed to this film. So they're gonna, rep- they're going to report when it's an actual thing. And so that is actually happening. The, um, which also, now with the schedule all rejiggered, it's Spider-Man 3 is supposed to come out before Doctor Strange 2. Which- yeah, so that's what's weird is that Doctor Strange is going to get like a trilogy almost because he's going to be, I think he's in WandaVision, is that right? Or is he, WandaVision leads into Doctor Strange. That I don't know, but remember, we don't know how big or what capacity it's in because remember, Benedict Cumberbatch is in Thor Ragnarok. And it's yeah. it, it's a big scene, but it's five minutes of that movie. You know, he's not yeah. he's not even as big as Jeff Goldblum in that movie. So it could very well be something like that one scene in Spider Man, which sure. by, which by the way, 
really, it's cool for two reasons. One, really nice not to put the two Ditko characters together. I actually was going to say that's my favorite thing about it is that it's the two big Ditko guys in the same movie, which is neat. Yeah, my favorite thing about it is that um, Sam Raimi is doing Doctor Strange 2. Yes. And Raimi did the first three Spider-Men. Yes. And then, so whatever happens to Doctor Strange is going to lead into Sam Raimi doing a Marvel movie that's not Spider-Man. So I think that's a really interesting through line. Yeah, I think it's cool. There's a lot of overlap. Um, and I would have, I'm hoping it's more like a Thor Ragnarok than a uh, Iron Man and Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, you know or, what I mean? Where he's right. in three or four scenes or five scenes or the whole plots around it. I, it's like, I kind of just want like a Spider-Man movie again. Like that's just the Spider-Man movie. I thought the last one we were getting, I thought, before we knew anything about the movie, I was like, okay, this will be the Spider-Man movie. You know, Tony's dead. He's not going to be in it. So it'll be like a real Spider-Man movie. And it only felt like that right at the last scene when he's swinging around New York. Yeah. With Mary Jane, and, I'm like, oh yeah, this is the Spider-Man movie. Yeah. And then J. Jonah Jameson shows up. That's, right. Yeah. I feel the same way. I mean, I've been in a, I've been in a Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man mood all year. So I've been like, I've been reading all the good stuff. I've been reading all the crap. Um, Amazing Spider-Man 850 came out this week, which is a huge issue. And unfortunately, uh, I love Amazing Spider-Man so much, I am subscribed to Marvel. And mm. with the pandemic, they just send them whenever the hell they want to send them. Right, you're not getting it on New Book Day. No, and I've actually missed a couple of issues, so I'm kind of bummed out. But my subscription runs for another 10 issues. Yeah. So I was actually, I was at Graham Crackers yesterday, and I had it in my hands. And I'm like, well, maybe I'll just buy it for the variant cover. But I'm like, no, I'm not going to spend the money twice. So I haven't read it. So I don't know what major things happened. Yeah. Um, the one thing I can tell you, and I don't want to get us off track, but Ryan Otley uh, tweeted this weekend that he's done with Spider-Man. Yeah, I, I didn't hear that, but it's not surprising. And it's kind of like, you didn't really do anything on Spider-Man. It, it just seems like, I, it seems like the majority of the run, I'm certain he drew it. But they're it just like I, I it's like this whole spider-man run i'm really kind of like questioning if it's like a good run like i don't know that i reread this run like yeah he had a good I, craven story and i'm trying to think like what else happened in his run and i've got like nothing no i'm <laughs> Ask i master and black ant tried to steal a genetic thing from doc connor's early in the run and that was cool but then the boomerangs his roommate which i like but that's like the only other thing i remember happening in this series yeah i enjoy it um i mean this whole senator thing seemed to be a big story but then it's rolling into this green goblin story which is the latest issue so i haven't read it and ryan otley in his tweet said he's done 20 issues but it's like yeah but that's 20 out of 50 Right. Yeah. You know, so it's like, he's, yeah, he's I mean, not even like the full time guy on this book. Honestly, I, I've been thinking of this one as Patrick Gleason's run because Patrick Gleason came over to Marvel and originally the two of them were gonna were gonna go off. And I actually tweeted Patrick Gleason because he's like, Hey, here's he did it was a really beautiful cover. He's like, Hey, here's the cover of the next issue I'm doing, I'm doing the interiors. And so I tweeted at him, I'm like, This is great. Do you have a schedule mapped out of what issues you do? And what issues um, that Ryan Otley does or Mark Bagley. Because Mark Bagley is back. Doing right. Issues. I think because Ryan Otley's not doing them. Uh, and, he, and Patrick Gleason said, I do whatever Marvel tells me. So basically, 
he's available for Spider-Man and Marvel calls him and, and they're like, okay, you're doing 38. And then Marvel calls him and they're like, and you're doing 42. Right. So did, um, did Ryan at least say what he's going to go do now? He said he's working on other things. He hasn't announced anything. So he's busy. So is it at Marvel? Do you think? I guess so. Uh, I mean, a lot of people were tweeting back. Oh, I'm so excited to see what you're going to do. And then I was going yeah. through the thread. And I was like, did he announce it? But, I think with um, Spider-Man was his first big thing at Invincible. I, I haven't read a ton of Invincible, but I've seen it. I would love to see Ryan Otley do an X-Men book. Like maybe, yeah. I don't know if he's a good fit book. with Hickman, but I'd love to see him do kind of a weird team book after this. Yeah, he doesn't seem like he'd be a good fit with what Hickman's doing because it's so like serious and yeah. epic in scale. And, and I am so I, far behind on X-Men. I don't know about you. Oh, no. I'm actually um, uh, completely caught up on all X-Men, and I'm reading the entire uh, sort of X crossover they're doing. How which, is it? Uh, it's good. I'm actually liking it. I think there's four or five issues out of, like, 20. It's going to go across all the X-Men books. Yeah. And the main x-men book i've enjoyed since Hick- all, all like the hickman written x-men stuff i've liked so far um and the crossover is really cool but it's just going into like detail of like all the different characters so i'm reading it everything i've read i like so far wolverines was a little confusing because it happens at wolverine and i'm not reading wolverine right. but um you know it's enough that you can follow it so um i mean i'm really digging it i'm i, I think it's like it's x-men is like the book I'm probably most excited for right now, like more than like anything else I'm reading, I'd say. Yeah, I, I, I mean, bet- maybe Tom King's um um the uh, Adam, Adam Strange? Strange book I really like, Strange Adventures or whatever. Yeah, I haven't read that yet. I will probably try to read that. I'm waiting for Batman Catwoman, which is gonna kick off in December. X-Men, I've been following the comics all as you say, so I'm on like issue six. Yeah. And I've enjoyed everything I've read, but I'm I'm way behind. And Spider-Man's still the thing I enjoy the most because I agree with you. Nick Spencer hasn't built to this big story. He's created this villain of like, who is this villain? And I'm like, yeah, the villain hasn't done anything. Yeah, and at this point, it's like, it's been, he's been on the book for a couple of years now. And it's yeah. like the kindred, the, this new villain showed up pretty early on, I think. I, I don't care who it is anymore. I don't right. care. It's like, it doesn't, whoever it is, it's, it's the buildup has been too long coming. And it's kind of like, like you said, he hasn't done anything. He maybe brought Mysterio or somebody back from the dead or something. And it's like, it just, it's like, who cares? You know what I mean? Right. It's like, I, I'm just having a really hard time. Like every time I get the comic book, um, it's like when I was in high school, you know, you get your comics every Wednesday and you'd put the comics in the order you want to read them. And the stuff at the end was always the worst stuff. And I always found myself, if I picked up a comic book, looked at the cover and sighed before I opened it to read it, it was time to cancel that book. Yeah, and that's that's exactly how I feel, and I I also rolled that over into DVR when I had cable. And oh DVR. yeah, same thing. Yep. Anything if you get that, to it, and it's like programming, just delete it. If it's a, if it's yep. a chore to do your uh, entertainment, you're and you're not doing the right entertainment. Yeah, for me, and I know a lot of fans really love this, and yeah, God bless you if you do. But I got to a point with Clone Wars and Young Justice where it felt like homework, and mm. I was like, "Yep, people like this, but I don't." Yeah. And then, yeah, I think that's a you know great point. Like I love Young Justice, but I couldn't be bothered to start Clone Wars. You know what I mean? It's like, 
there's just, you know, different strokes for different folks. But I think yeah. it's just, I'll read this anniversary issue for Spider-Man, but um, it's like, they really do have to, something needs to happen or else I'm going to have to, right. to drop this book. It's yeah, I've dropped. Not, it's not great. No, I've dropped the other book. It's, it's tricky because it's in an era. He's, he's like playing with an era of Spider-Man that I don't care about. I, I don't really care about the Sin Eater. Do you know what I mean? I never I do. Yeah. cared so, about him. It's the like, Sin, Eater, Sin Eater was a big deal because I was in like the eighth grade when Peter David wrote that original story. Uh-huh. And it was a shock. Like Captain Jean DeWolf was this character. He was like the, she was like the main cop character. She was in it all the time. And the fact that she yeah. was murdered. It was like killing Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. I'm not disputing the, that the character matters and the moment matters. It's just like they're building this whole thing up. And I'm like, they, you know, it's like, it's just not really like connecting, you know? Yeah, yeah I agree. I, I mean, there's been some fun stuff like, uh, you know, I liked his, starting a podcast. Yeah, the and there podcast was a, with James. It was a good Scorpion story. There I like the good Scorpion. Stories, but nothing's been a classic. Right. He's got no big, like I can point to like 10 Dan Slott stories that were phenomenal. Um, and I, I'm like, well, I like the issue where the two issues where Spider-Man adopted that weird alien thing from the eighties. I'm like, you know what I mean? It's like, that was, you know, cute story. Mm-hmm. It's like, but there's nothing. I just, what's disappointing is like, um, the superior foes of Spider-Man was one of the favorite, one of my favorite things that came out of the uh, superior Spider-Man. I and just, superior Spider-Man was very good. I just reread that a couple of weeks ago and, and it really holds up. Yeah, it's excellent. And he actually did a really good run um, on Ant-Man too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And I really like his stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's I mean, just, people it's, got very mad about Cap, but I thought he pulled it off. Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, exactly. That was the other one. I even liked the all new Captain America, right? It was the same guy. Spencer was doing was, Falcon yeah. as Cap. I yeah. liked it. It was, he was doing cool stuff. Stuart Amonin was on the book. It's just weird. It's just very strange that you've got the, the, it's the number one title at Marvel, Amazing Spider-Man. This is the top paying gig in comics at Marvel. It has to be, right? And it's like, I'm just confused that it's like this really good writer and Ryan Otley, this very good artist. They both just kind of seem like neither one of them really cares about what they're doing on this book. And I, I, you know, I mean, that's just my opinion or like a reading of it. It's just, I just can't, it's like, it doesn't seem like there's any kind of like, like I'm reading Thor and it's um, it, it's going in a new direction, stepping away from um, Jason Aaron's run. It's they, you know, they're doing all this a new Who's stuff. Who's doing it? Um, the, he's the same guy that's doing all the like cosmic stuff at Marvel. Donnie Coates, I think is Donnie Cates. Cates. Yeah. And I haven't read a lot of his stuff. I saw DC or I'm sorry, Diamond is solicited an omnibus for all his cosmic stuff. He's been doing this for a while. He was like, did some Inhumans crap when they were in space, a lot of Thanos stuff, Cosmic Ghost Rider, Venom, just like tons and tons and tons of stuff. And everyone's raving about this guy. Well, they put him on Thor and he's just got a different direction to take the character. So it's been enjoyable. You know, that new Iron Man book came out a week or two ago and same thing, new direction, only one issue's come out, but I really dig it. Yeah, Um, you were really looking forward to that. And I was... I was like, you know what? I've I've read a lot of Iron Man runs in the last ten years. Yeah, um, that started off great, and then just right. kind of petered out. Like by people I really like, like Bendis did it, and Dan Slott did it. Yeah, uh, recently we had two guys that we have liked other things on. Fraction yeah. did, you know, was the last really good run. Yeah, Fraction did. I think the definitive run at yeah. least since Michelinie and Layton. Definitely, um, but you know. So, 
And we've had this discussion about Fraction. Sometimes he wasn't a good fit. His Fantastic Four run's not great. Right. Like, like his Hawkeye is, I, was Eisner winning and deserved it. His Thor was like, ah. It's like yeah. sometimes it's Same a thing, bad yeah. fit. It's, but some Nick, of these guys don't fit. Nick Spencer seems to be a good fit for Spider-Man because he gets the humor, he gets the energy. Right, that's what's so unusual about it. But even Ryan Otley, too. Uh, yeah, he seems like a perfect his, fit because of Invincible. Um, Right. It's Invincible's very much kind of the same character as Peter Parker, you know, the young, inexperienced hero. It's there's a lot of Spider Man baked into Invincible. But Ryan Atley, I used to follow his blog when that was a thing people did. And um he he used to post hundreds of drawings of Spider Man. You know, it was like one of the most I remember characters seeing all the time. And I, I thought this guy'd kill to be on this book, you know what I mean? So I mean, who knows what's going on, but do it's you think- it's just super weird. Well, do you think it comes out too often? You think that hurts it? Yeah, because definitely. there's no artist that can do 24 issues a, a year. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like it, it. It wouldn't hurt it. I think if it was a little bit more consistent, you know, if they had the same two artists doing it, you know what I mean, or they could figure out the scheduling or something. Yeah, and it, it seems it, like I do think too, right now too, they're doing that with uh, Patrick Gleason and Mark Bagley. Those guys are both fast. So right. if you get one of them to do, Mark Bagley is like notoriously fast. And Patrick right. Leeson, I don't think has ever missed an issue on any book he was on, whether it was Batman and Robin, Robin, Son of Batman, Green Lantern Corps. Um, and he, Patrick Leeson's a guy who's getting better and better and better. He's moved from the B League to the A League. So I didn't miss Ryan Otley when Patrick Leeson came on. I'm like, yeah. And he's I very similar to Ryan Otley too. Yeah, and you know, the Mark, other, they, and Mark if they work together. Yeah, and Mark Bagley is the millennial John Romita. I mean, if you've read Spider-Man at any point from the 90s up, Mark Bagley's your go-to guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I, I'm not a big Bagley fan. I, I don't mind Mark Bagley. My issue with Bagley is I read him for so long on Ultimate Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Every time I see him, I don't like him drawing regular Spider-Man because it just looks like ultimate Spider-Man. It's like, it's jarring. And I'm always very confused. I'm like, wait, this is ultimate. It's like, wait, what's going on? It's like, see, I don't know if it's just like baked into my brain. I think it's baked into your brain because whenever I see Mark Bagley, I think of the introduction of carnage and right. those issues from like carnage to the clone saga. So I think of 90 Spider-Man, and then on Ultimates is where he got really good. Like his storytelling took a huge leap forward. But I always kind of think of him as like the guy who came in when the image guys left. And now like he's been around long enough, like John Romita Jr. Who yeah. he was, he's been around long enough that he's known for this character and he's gotten better and better and better at storytelling. That it's like, he's always welcome. Life Story was a really good book. And I'm not- Yeah, big, I dig that. I'm not the biggest Chip Zdarsky fan. Like- People yeah. went nuts over his Peter Parker, and I didn't really like it. I, I had every issue, but I didn't think it was that great. And when it ended and it became a Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, I was like, yeah, fine, which Tom Taylor did. And then Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man ended, and, and now it's supposed to be nonstop Spider-Man, which Joe Kelly's coming to do, but then that hasn't launched yet. They've had this weird thing with their secondary title because back in the brand new day, they bumped up Spider-Man to three times a month and canceled everything else. And those were great because you had like, they were story focused. So you had Greg Rucka doing three issues with Mike McCone. And then the next one was like Mark Wade doing two issues with Chris Bacalo, you know, and then it was, and that was actually doing three issues with Joe Matarira. And there was like, it was all a level talent and they were working together to make sure they were handing the baton 
off continuity wise. And I think maybe slot could do it. And I'm a big slot fan. I know, uh, I know there were people had problems with his runs, but I think they're, I'll argue with anybody because the guy created superior Spider-Man and Spider-Verse. It's right. like, you, you can't take that any, uh, that away from them. And other things like uh, Spider Island and the whole um, Horizon Labs and then Parker Industries. Um, there's a, like the Red he Goblin. A there's a of lot of Red Goblin. He did the entire Doc Ock with the uh, concussion stuff. He did Anti-Venom. He was doing mm-hmm. um, The Gauntlet was phenomenal. He did an yeah. incredible, probably my favorite uh, lizard story of all time is in his run. Oh, it's yeah, like, yeah. Uh, the World's End one that he did with the Sinister Six. It's like... Ends of the uh, Earth. Ends of the Earth, yeah. Um, yeah, Dan Slott's run is great. The whole brand new day was great. We just got Dan- spoiled with Spider-Man for so long. Yeah, Dan Slott's up there with Roger Stern for me. Of like yeah, I mean, one of definitely. the best Spider-Man creators. And there's people that are like, why don't we have Dan Slott omnibuses? And I'm like, Ye- well, first of all, you got to do brand new day omnibuses, which you'll need four of them. And yeah, I'll buy them if they come out. But also, because uh, that's where Slot starts. He starts as one of those guys. Right. It's like, you also have a lot of oversized hardcovers that cover his stuff. Right. You, yeah. You get at least half his run in oversized hardcovers. Any anytime anyone says, "How come we don't have this in omnibus?" I always say, "Yet." You know, it's a, <laughs> it's a matter of time. It's like Marvel Legends. It's it's as long as they're still making them. Yeah. We get these things. It's like oh, uh, I, uh, be patient. I, I had a big Marvel Legends week. Oh um, yes, do tell. You'll, you'll hate me and then uh, understand. But I got yeah. I got the Iron Man Silver Centurion. Yes, I got him too. Oh, good. And I got the Storm and Thunderbird 2-pack. Oh, you did? Yep. I overpaid for both of them on eBay, and I didn't do shit. Yeah. I was like, Iron Man I basically got for retail plus shipping, and I'm like, fine. Right. And then Storm and Thunderbird, I definitely overpaid, but I sold some stuff, so I had the PayPal, and I'm like, I, I, I was back to where I was in the 90s, except the 90s I didn't have a car. I was like, running to Walgreens after Walgreens and Target after Target. I'm in neighborhoods I don't recognize and getting there at eight in the morning. And I'm like, dude, what am I doing? Is right. This- it's like a full-time job. Yeah. Well, it's just because they didn't put it on the website. I'm like, weren't we supposed to be past this? Right. Where did you find yeah, the- your, your Ironman? Oh, so actually Dave Navarez uh, texted me and he, he had found Silver Centurion. He's like, do you want this? I've got two of them. Cause he was buying one. I said, absolutely. Yeah. I said, are there any more? He's like, no, there's not anymore. And then, so then he texted me like a week ago or something mm-hmm. and I missed it. It was like a Facebook messenger text or whatever. And he had a picture of the, uh, the two pack you bought the, um, Oh yeah. Yeah. You Norman Warbird or you uh, message, you messaged me and I had just bought it on eBay and you know what, but today I was in target in, uh, in the city and I found, uh, and it was really well stocked, but there was no Storm or Thunderbird. I did get the Professor X Magneto two pack and the Hugh Jackman Wolverine. And there's yeah, I always thought you were like moving away from movie figures. I know, but they were really nice. You know what? I was there, and I was yeah. like, hey, they have these. I'm here. I'll get these. They were really nice. Yeah, they're it's really. Hard it's hard when they're this well done. Yeah, it really is. But the Silver Centurion is pretty damn great. Yeah, so I like. Uh, I'm really gonna. Um, he, he, yeah, he, I absolutely, I'm, I'm a big fan, big fan of yeah. that armor. I was thinking I was, cause I'm looking at it and you know, you plan ahead for the future. 
Mm-hmm. And I was thinking like, all right, there's not a lot of, I don't have a lot of modern versions of characters and I don't, I don't want to open up the floodgates, you know, but I'm thinking like, oh man, it's like, if I've got like per- perfect, you know, hip disc Iron Man and then Silver Centurion's like the next leap from there that I really, really like. Right. And none of the modern armors have really spoke to me, but then fucking- What about War Machine? Well, I'm thinking about War Machine, but that's a separate character. My con- what I'm saying is, like, if they made that this this newest armor, mm-hmm. this uh, Alex Ross designed armor, uh, it's awesome. Oh. So it's like that's going to break the because it's inevitable, right? They make all the armors. Yeah, they. You know what? Like, they never made the Heroes Return armor, which was an Alex Ross design. Uh, yeah, Kerbusiak. I really like that. They yeah. never made it. Like, no, they made it's the, the Will's Protasia one. I have that, and they yeah, never made. Uh, horrific looking yeah they've never made it's got like smokestacks yeah it's so it's gross and um yeah i mean uh yeah I, I, they made the bendis armor they made the fraction armor right um they have it they didn't yeah. make um armor for um uh dan slots run but they then didn't. it didn't seem like he was in a consistent armor like i i couldn't tell you what his armor looked like and they're like i could draw the bendis armor i know exactly what that armor looks like you've got a figure it looks great i could draw the alex ross armor. i know what it looks like it looks great i couldn't tell you what uh but, what's his name whoever even the artist was who what they, they what, did what do they did do iron man 2020 which was part of his run right so, yeah so they did an armor from his run from it yeah and one honestly, of the things like, i actually liked about it that he did was cool um because dan slot's a smart guy so any character he's gonna go to i'm excited about because he's got he's going to bring interesting ideas to how that character operates as a hero yeah his fantastic things, four is way underrated i i anybody that likes fantastic yeah. four should be reading the book right now Yes, absolutely. It's 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 a fun book. He's changing things. They're doing interesting stuff. I'm really digging it. But one of the things he did in the Iron Man that I really liked was uh, they were showcasing. It was like a montage to show all the different armors Iron Man's going to use, and it was the idea was like a different armor for any situation type situation. And there's like a microscopic armor. It's like a nano armor, and it's like flying around in like the blood cells of a person or an animal or something. I can't remember. And somebody was like, "Did you steal Doctor Pym's like?" pin technology to shrink you down he's like oh heavens no it's a, it's just a nanobot it's a drone <laughs> you know what i mean he's like piloting it remotely and i thought that was like kind of a cool idea of like trying to do different things with armor or an iron man like flying around guy and it was just this cool little microscopic iron man armor <laughs> like mm-hmm. flying around that tony controlled so it's like he has a lot of good ideas on stuff it's just like nothing happened in his Iron Man run. It's the same thing. I couldn't tell you what happened. It's like, right. I read it. I, I think I read the first couple of trades. I read up until when it became 2020 and I can't tell you what happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like a silver surfer. I started reading a silver surfer and people loved it. There's an omnibus of it. Yeah. And I think I got to issue six and I dropped off like nothing's um, fantastic four. I'm behind because I'm, I'm picking it up in sales, but, uh, yeah. but I enjoy it. And nothing, like we were just saying, nothing touches his Spider-Man. Definitely. Yeah, I'm curious. Um, I'll tell you, I am going to pick his Iron Man omnibus up when it comes out. Yeah. Um, and perhaps, I'm kind of hoping, it's like, well, maybe it's one of these books that'll read better, um, like in a sitting or two, you right. know what I mean? It's like you read it over the course of a week instead of the over the course of a few years. Uh, maybe that will make it, you know, a little bit more palatable or something, but it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, I always remember when you, uh, 
you went to go see a um, Phantom Menace seven times or whatever because right. you were I convinced saw it four times that summer wrong yeah. with you yes. because you should like it. And I think that's a lot of what we're doing with these different writers or artists. It's like some shit's just not good. These guys aren't going to knock it out of the park every time. You yeah. know, it's like Dan Slott killed it on Spider-Man. He, that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to kill it on every book he's on, you know? Yeah. The, only buddy, the only guys that do that are the artists. Do you know what I mean? It's like, uh, well, I take that back immediately after saying that because I remember <laughs> Brian leaving the Ultimates and then going to do Fantastic Four with Mark Millar. And they oh, it's not a good run for either one of them. It's not a good run. No. It's like, yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, for artists, the problem is them falling behind and then half-assing it and then having other guys come in that breaks up their run. Right. It's what we're talking about, Ryan Otley. Like yeah, he, he, did, he didn't the, do a consistent run because the book comes out too fast and eventually he fell behind and they bring Mark Bagley in. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing I don't like about these like too frequent books is that it's never a consistent creative team because it's not right. possible. So it's like, you know, I can look at a run and be like, Oh man, uh, you know, the Brubaker, Steve Epting run of Captain America. Obviously there were other artists involved on that book, but it's like, that guy did the majority of the work. Bendis and Maliv, you know, it's like on Daredevil. It's like, you can point to these guys. You can't really do that with Dan Slott and any of his run right. because nobody had really con- real consistent issues, you know, in, in terms of artists. Right. It seemed like they saved certain people for certain things. It was like, right. whenever there was an event, Umberto Ramos always showed up. Yeah, Stuart Amonin did the Red Goblin story. Yep. It's like... And then, they, and yeah, then, they saved their A-list. And then Umberto Ramos did the final issue. Yes. Right, because Stuart Amonin <laughs> misses deadlines. Right, right. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, I would like to, to read that whole Iron Man run and finish it in one sitting. If we ever see each other again, I would borrow that omnibus from you. Yes, well, it doesn't exist yet, so we have to yeah, wait for that. Uh, we should all, have the COVID cure by then, too. Yeah, but all, yeah, also the two of us sitting in a room doesn't exist yet. That's also true. <laughs> been, I have not seen you since February. Since yeah, absolutely. I was talking to because um, we you know we're going to work and stuff, and we were trying to map it out how long it's been since like we even had most people at the office and it, yeah, February. Cause I was out of town when COVID started happening. I was yeah, in me too. A, uh, New Orleans. And, yeah. I was um, in the Caribbean. Yeah. Right. That's right. You were on the cruise. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's been a long fucking year. <laughs> well, my, my company announced that they're not renewing their lease because no one's been at the office for six months. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we're going to look for a new place. But they're in no rush because we're all getting work done remotely. So it's like, yeah, as a company, how much are they going to save by having no office? Yeah, that was one of the things I called uh, right away I was thinking is like, it's the end of all these offices. As soon as all these huge corporations spend months and months realizing all the work is still getting done with everyone working from home, offices are gone. What yeah. on earth would they, what are they paying for? <laughs> you right. know what I mean? It's like, of course, some people will never go back to work. You know what I mean? Uh, they'll be working remotely. You know what I mean? So it's right. like, I just think it's like, uh, yeah, it's, it's like it sucks for all the people owning office space. I'm, I'm, and I'm fine doing it. Like my company's one that gives you like transit reimbursement. And they were like, what would you like going forward? I was like, I would like reimbursement on my internet service instead of transit reimbursement. 
Yeah, because honestly, that'd be better, right? Because I'm paying. Yeah, I'm paying fifty. I pay fifty bucks a month for internet, and it's mostly you using it. It's between you and every streaming platform I have. Right. So I'm. I'd be fine doing that. You know, like I. I wake up later. I work later most days because, you know, people send emails at nine at night. Yeah. And you know, I'm. I'm. I got a battered old laptop. And as long as the paychecks keep coming in. Right. Well, and I've noticed um, a change in my reading. We were, as we've been talking about uh, how we're reading, like I've been off monthlies for about a year, except for Amazing Spider-Man, because as I've said, my run goes back to Steve Ditko. And it's like, well, I don't want to miss next issue. Um, and I've yet to break that off. Um, I have been selling off the rest of my, I just got a bid on eBay. If you want to bid on all of Nightwing, I got a bid on eBay for that. I have all my Nightwings up. I have uh, all my Robins are going up. Um, I'm selling off Batman piece by piece by piece. Yeah. Uh, monthly comics are not a priority because I can't get to a comic book store. Right. Uh, and then, so I was like, oh, I'll, I'll be all on Comixology, but I've noticed that it's not quite as fun to read it on screen as it is to read a book. And Comixology really helped me when I was getting on a train because I had a mini iPad that fit in my jacket pocket and I could put a hundred comics in there. Right. It's maybe like, Hey, an omnibus. yeah, it's like, I'm on this train. I'll go read three, four issues and then put it away. But like in the house, I'm, I'm like, I kind of want omnibuses again, but I know omnibuses take up so much space and it's finite. So yeah. I don't really, I, I don't really know what lane I'm picking anymore. Yeah, it's tricky. I mean, I, uh, I, I've kind of always preferred the physical form over digital comics, but I've not, I've been reading digital comics since they came out. I remember they did those CD-ROMs. They did like... I have all of those in an external hard drive, yeah. Yeah, they did all the big Marvel books from like 1 to 500 when they hit their big milestones. And it, so was, it was great. It was literally, I think it was Ralph Macchio, the, the Marvel editor, not the Karate Kid, but I... I believe like most of those were, he was just putting his collection on a scanner and making PDFs. Yeah, they were and PDF I, scans. It's and like, they had all the ads in them. They had, yeah, they had the ads, they had the watermarks, they had staples, everything. And, then, um, and, and it was, came, I mean, those are great. That was the first time I had read, you know, most of that. Yeah. Uh, first appearances of some of the characters and key issues and stuff. Um, Cause it's like, you could just, you could just fly through that stuff. Yeah. Um, and that was actually the only way I was ever actually um, miracle man. You, I couldn't find the single issues of Miracle Man uh, were so expensive. The Alan Moore run, and there was a rights issue for so long that there was a rights issue, so they were never no going to reprint it. There's no trade, so that was actually. And I heard about Miracle Man. Everyone would just go on and on about this fucking crazy story Alan Moore wrote, and um, and then I got it on a CD-ROM like that. Like it was the same thing. It was his entire run on a on a on drives or discs or whatever. Um, and that was the only way to read it. It's when I was blown away. <laughs> it was like, this yeah. is crazy. And then, about, then about three years ago, when I realized that Comixology would put trades up for $5. Yeah. I'm like, this is a, this is a $30 trade. All right, I'll get it for $5. And then the scans were so much higher quality. Yeah. That I was like, all right, this is the way I'm going. And I, you know, I was doing the same thing with iTunes, getting rid of my Blu-ray collection. I'm like, Movies would come out for $5. I'm like, all right, this is high quality. It's digital. It's in the cloud. I don't have to move it. I don't have to store it. I don't have to worry about condition. And I would get excited about, I'm going to rebuild my whole collection again because there's nothing collectors like more 
than starting over when everything's available. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, it's so <laughs> much fun crazy. to start collecting figures a year or two in where, where you're like, oh, I could collect 30 figures right now. Right. For retail instead of getting six, waiting three months and getting six. Yeah, it's like I don't, I've got digital. 19 Avengers now in Marvel Legends, probably nah. 19 Marvel Legends, and I probably haven't been collecting for that many months. No, I, I, mean? I don't think like, you'd be collecting a full year. Yeah, yeah, maybe I might be coming up on a year, but it's, it's no more than that. Yeah, I just sent you, I'll post this on the Facebook page, but I texted you. Um, I have that Nika building display and I'll rotate. And it was Spider-Man and all the villains for a while. And then there are so many Marvel Legends now that I was like, this is 1979 Marvel because right. I just got Storm. And, um, and honestly, I just got today the Professor X, which has a switchable head for James McAvoy and Patrick Stewart, but he's in a normal wheelchair. And I was like, oh, mm. finally a normal wheelchair. So I had the movie one with the crazy X's on the wheels. Yeah. I was like, I'll put Patrick Stewart in that. And here's a normal wheelchair that goes with the Bronze Age. Nice. And I'll take Professor X out of the hover chair and just put him in a wheelchair. And um, I mean, just think about it that way. You have three separate wheelchairs. Yes. Action figures. <laughs> that's, that's too, too many. <laughs> Do you know I, what I mean? It's like most people don't even have one. <laughs> I also have an Oracle. They're not even just Charles Xavier in a wheelchair. Oh, right, yeah. Well, I was going to say, because you have the regular wheelchair from the new Professor X. You have the X wheelchair from the movie. You have the golden hover wheelchair from yep. the 90s. And you have Oracle in a wheelchair. So that's four wheelchairs you have. And I'm getting, uh, I have it on order. It hasn't shipped yet. I'm getting the Logan old Xavier. Old, old Xavier, yeah. Which and he's going to have a blanket, right? He's in the sweater. He's got like a big bulky oh, sweater. I thought he had like a lap blanket. Now he's in the sweater and, and Logan's got the beard and he's in the like the black suit, like the chauffeur yeah. driver suit. I fucking love that movie. Yeah, I, uh, I only saw that movie, I think maybe once in theaters. And oh, I was like, I man, what a great up. movie. Yeah. And I'm I've like, uh, it it's four, dark, it's heavy. I think, I think I've seen it four times. It is not on Disney Plus and I don't think it's ever coming. No, I don't think it will. Uh, but, I don't know what, maybe Disney will have like an add-on or something. Cause it's like Disney produced like, I don't know, maybe they'll just let it be rented out by other companies, right? You know what I mean? Because well, Disney's Dis the money behind Kill Bill. Yeah, but Disney owns a big chunk of Hulu. Right. So, yeah, there you go. Hulu They'll just the stick rated it on there. Because they absolutely do not want Rated R and Disney Plus because they built it on the model of, like, uh, you give the remote to a kid. Right, yeah. yeah it's, watch it's, whatever it's, you want on Disney Plus. For your kid. If they start watching Deadpool 2. Right, yeah. it's gonna, Somebody's going to have some explaining to do. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking oh, so of that movies, was another rumor. Didn't they say ahead. that their uh, HBO, we were talking about Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds, Green Lantern. HBO is doing a Green Lantern series. Yeah, HBO Max has greenlit a Green Lantern series. Uh, also this week, um, Samuel Jackson has signed on for a Nick Fury Disney Plus series. Yes, so, I did hear that. As which, well. uh, the, the great joke, you know, when everybody gets the same kind of joke at once. Um, everybody's like, oh, you mean like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was supposed to be? Mm, yeah, that's true. But yeah, I'm sure it'll have a higher budget than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ever had. Oh, yeah. 
And I think it'll probably be like the Shield show we thought we were getting when Agents yes. of Shield premiered. And Agents of Shield, I mean, it's it's a weird show. I really couldn't get into it. I tried. My roommate got obsessed with it. She watched like every season available. And it just ended. She, Right, it just ended. I don't think she's finished it because I don't think the newest seasons are up. But like, she was watching. Like, she's watched it all. It's crazy. Yeah, but Disney Plus has, you know, flipped everything over because it's now. I mean, we're getting Wandavision. We know we're getting Wandavision. Um, they've confirmed. You and McGregor confirmed that they're going to sh- start shooting Obi Wan in March. That's very exciting. And I think, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, but I think they're going to shoot like the Mandalorian which means, you know, everything on green screen, everything on mm. digital. So you don't really have to have put people together that much. Yeah, so they can I mean, safer. Um, well, and you know what? Saturday Night Live has done two shows in the studio now, and they're just testing the shit out of everybody every day. Yeah. So yeah. You, could, you can start to have shows with at least a few people in a scene together. So, which is why I think we're getting WandaVision before Falcon and Winter Soldier, because I think WandaVision is going to have a lot of freaky visuals that uh, will be green screened or, and digitally added in, where I think Falcon and Winter Soldier, they're going to be running around out in the world. So I think it was a much harder shoot to control these days than WandaVision. I mean, that's just my guess, but... Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think it's interesting because it just shows that there's probably going to be no overlap between those two shows specifically. And that makes sense because totally they're going to be very different, right? One's going to be a trippy alternate reality dimensional thing. And the other one's going to probably be like a political thriller like Winter Soldier was. Right. Um, so well, the zero I, in on, the, on this whole trippy thing, um, we, we started off talking about Spider-Man maybe bringing in a multiverse feel. Yes. Which, you know, The Flash has been talking about for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Of like, hey, we're going to get Michael Keaton to come back and, and Christian Bale and uh, Ben Affleck. Um, we're going to have all these Batmans running around. And now, as you are saying, like, maybe Andrew Garfield's coming back. Maybe Tommy McGuire's coming back. Jamie Foxx is coming back. Um, Doctor Strange is in it. And Doctor Strange is, is called, like, the multiverse of madness. Do we think there... Do you, they played with this in Far From Home and then kind of dismissed it as bullshit. Yeah. Spoilers for Far From Home. Mysterio wasn't actually in the multiverse. Do you think, yeah. do you think we're really going to get a Marvel multiverse or do you think this is all a red herring? I don't know. I, I don't think they're going to pull a red herring twice. I think we are going to get a multiverse for Marvel. I don't know how much time they're going to want to spend in it, but I think we are. I think... Honestly, I think they're looking at like um, Into the Spider-Verse made a lot of money. Yeah. And I think that made the, the comic, you know, did very well. And, and we I are think, getting another one of those. Right. And I think part of it is Marvel saying, all right, let's try it. It almost seemed like it was, they just are throwing Spider-Man in. It's almost like if it's a matter of like convenience or something, because WandaVision is coming first, and I've heard that it's supposed to set up the Doctor Strange movie. So presumably something happens in WandaVision that breaks reality or introduces the idea of the multiverse. Mm-hmm. And then Doctor Strange is going to grapple with the consequences. But and Doctor Strange is going to be in Spider-Man before. Right. So then maybe it's something where it's like whatever happens in WandaVision leads into Spider-Man and then leads into Doctor Strange. Um, either way, I'm kind of, uh, I, I'm excited. Um, 
I, I think I'm more, it's like I'm tentatively curious because this is the second go at Marvel trying to do TV shows. Third go, actually, because they tried Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. They, then they did the Netflix shows, The Defenders and all that stuff, which were right. mixed. Yeah, because also which Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they also did Agent Carter. So they did a couple of... Right. Know, there was, yeah, there was a couple, there was a talk of doing that Mockingbird uh, they made a pilot, happened, which happened. They made a pilot, which right? didn't so, go, and then Adrian Palicki ended up on the Orville, right? Uh, so, and then so you know they've had a couple stabs at it, but it, I just keep thinking it's like these are the same people behind the Mandalorian, which was incredible. So, I'm very hopeful. Um, the the Falcon Winter Soldier. I thought there was an announcement that came out for that, or maybe it's just they're just showing images and stuff because it's like that actually makes you i'm really excited for too because it's like baron zemo's coming back for that um Pe- peggy carter's in it again uh or sharon carter i mean and yeah uh, and you know what i was just watching winter soldier last night and i'm yeah. like yeah emily van camp is really good as sharon carter and she doesn't do anything no she doesn't like, do anything like she kisses steve in civil war and that is the last you see her she doesn't appear in any of the avengers she doesn't appear um, ever in any Marvel movie. And I'm like, that right. was kind of a wasted opportunity. Yeah. So that's what I kind of like. And I'm hoping that these shows will do is there's actually like an incredible amount of characters set up in the Marvel universe already, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of named characters. Well, we're also getting, there's shows down the line that we're, we're getting a Moon Knight show. We're getting, right. um, Shang Chi movie. We're getting Shang Chi movie. We're getting a She Hulk show. Right. So yeah, because they cast it. somebody as She Hulk a few weeks ago. Yeah, uh, Tatiana Masan Lee. I, you know what? I always struggle with these pronunciations, and then people on Twitter <laughs> call me out. So you can call me out again. But she was yeah. a star of Orphan Black, and she did a few Parks and Rec. She's really good. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, think, and you know what? She Hulk they. She-Hulk's had some really fun runs like John Byrne and Dan Slott where they've really played with the character and have fun and had fun with her. And by yeah. the way, we're getting omnibuses. We've got, we just got the John Byrne omnibus of She-Hulk. Yeah, I got that. Um, I'm definitely getting that Dan Slott one because I've, I've read some of the Dan Slott She-Hulk run, but not most of it. Um, and what I've read, I've really liked. I mean, Dan Slott, like I said, it's crazy because everyone thinks about him as Spider-Man, but that guy had like a whole career at Marvel like before that. Yep. You know, he was doing all these other little projects. He was doing Ren and Stimpy comics in the early 90s. He's been a Marvel wild. forever. Yeah. She-Hulk's actually like one of those characters too. There was, I wish I knew the name of the run. It wasn't the last run of She-Hulk where they kind of made her more Hulk-like, but the one before that where she was still like a lawyer and it was like a funner book. I can't remember the writer. Slot did, Slot really leaned into the lawyer stuff, and it was around the time of Civil War. Yeah, which is great time to tackle that stuff. Yeah, that stuff was Um, hysterical, and that was was before he was on Spider-Man. And that was one of the reasons they gave him Spider-Man, because he did that. He also did the Thing book, which only lasted eight issues, but it was really fun. But didn't he do a Fantastic Four Spider-Man team-up book? Um, Maybe I'm thinking of that Thing book. No, there was the, uh, the last Fantastic Four Spider-Man book I remember was the last thing Mike Ringo did. Yeah. And I think it was um, Todd DeZago, who is like his writing partner because they did Tellos together. Mm. So I don't think it was, I don't think it was Slot. Mm. Oh, but you know what? Slot did uh, issues of Amazing Spider-Man with Fantastic Four in it. You might be thinking of that. Like yeah, Barry maybe. Kitson drew a couple and they were, it was a really good story. 
Uh, and it was around the time that Hickman was putting Spider-Man in the in Fantastic Four. Right. Yeah. So he had the white and black suit on. Yeah. So I think you might be thinking of a couple of issues of Amazing you know, maybe. Spider-Man, not a miniseries. Yeah. So I I don't know if the multiverse thing is going to be a thing. I feel like it's too much to expect mainstream audiences to get, which is yeah. why like, the more they talk I mean, the Flash movie, the more I think the Flash movie is not going to get made. Yeah, I, I, you know, uh, who knows what's going on with DC. That's, you know, that movie might be in developmental hell forever. But the thing yeah, with the multiverse yeah. is like, A, they already sold it because Into the Spider-Verse did this and everyone loved that yeah. movie. Uh, and they sold us a talking tree. You know what I mean? It's like they made Guardians of the Galaxy mainstream. So I think right. Marvel's ability to sell us something like the multiverse, if they want to, they absolutely will. I'm curious to see how closely the shows will tie together with the movies because i think that's a bigger gap not everybody has disney plus but everybody's gonna go see the next spider-man movie and And, with netflix and abc they kept them far apart right where it's like you know it's like the the movies never reference the shows and the shows only reference the movies insofar as like to make it was like they kind of went out of their way to mentioned the movies just so everyone knew they were in the same world and it was always like Um, it was always like the week a movie premiered right just kind of promotion right exactly you know it's like the new thor movie was out so they got sif to be in agents of shield it's like it wasn't ever soldier came out and all of shield blew up right exactly in fact (laughs) sif went to go appear on agents of shield and then never appeared in a thor movie again (laughs) so it's like uh it's kind of like bad karma well she got her own nbc show yeah it was like a weird show right and i think they said they were gonna bring her back for love and thunder yeah i've heard and i guess natalie portman confirmed that they are gonna do i don't know if she confirmed it she was saying uh, they were talking about the cancer storyline hmm. that Jane Foster gets cancer and she, she's, you know, uh, and then she has cancer while she's Thor. And um, I, I hope, I do hope they're going for it. You know what I mean? It's like that Thor run that Jason Aaron did is truly like an awesome epic run. And what he did with Jane Foster was incredible. So it's like, if they can run that played on the field it'd be awesome to see i'd be very excited but um that's probably the the marvel movie i'm most excited for because it's like uh any more they have the thor ragnarok magic they want to give me i'm happy to take well honestly i'm at the point where any movie taika watiti wants to make i want to see because absolutely yeah jojo rabbit was the best thing i saw last year and it won screenplay but uh, i think it deserves everything yeah, I mean, it was great. We saw it in theaters, and I mean, we were laughing our asses off one minute and completely devastated the next yeah. minute. It's like uh, that movie's a fucking roller coaster. Yeah, it's it's he's just so good, and he's doing Thor and a Star Wars movie, and I'm like, yep, whatever yeah. you want to do. I mean, he was just I G and the Oh, I have to look it up. There was something else he was announced that he was working on that I was actually really excited for. Is somebody making a live action He Man movie? Have you heard of this? I've, this has been in development forever. I know yeah. that they was like, for a while, they were like trying to make, I mean, they made one in the 80s and it, it, uh, I'm on Lauren Fate's Shira podcast tonight. We will watch it. It's one of the worst movies ever. But yeah, like when G.I. Joe and Transformers, when Transformers got big and then they made G.I. Joe, like He-Man was one of the things they were talking about. And in fact, 
like Hasbro was talking about their own cinematic universe for a while. They were going to do like mask. Yeah. That's so weird. Every few years you hear about He-Man come up and then it goes away. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like every couple of years I hear about a Fraggle Rock movie. Right. It's just like, it's not going to happen. No. But you know what? Uh, in, this is probably a good segue to wrap things up. Um, do you have a greatest thing in the world this week? Uh, I don't know. I've been reading the same comics I was reading. Um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think it's just like the same comics I was reading last week. I will say um, I, I did enjoy the new Iron Man number one. That was maybe a week ago. Um, so I don't know if that counts. Um, but I would say probably actually the sort of X's um, crossover right now is probably the thing I'm digging the most is uh, the main title. At least we'll see where these secondary titles go, but uh, that main title is a lot of fun. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. Um, for me, it's been Netflix. We just finished um, Sebastian. And I just finished avatar, which was the third time I watched it. Avatar the last airbender. Mm-hmm. Um, and it holds up so well. And he immediately rolled into legend of Korra. Oh, nice. Because uh, I was like, oh, there's another series. He's like, can we watch it? And we watched yeah. the first two, and he does not want to slow down. That's so great. I've been really enjoying that. The other thing is um, Final Season of Shit's Creek is on Netflix now, and I'm going through that, and mm-hmm. it's just as good as I thought it was going to be. But also the final season of The Good Place was just put on Netflix. So I'm starting that from the beginning, and I'm going to binge that all the way through. And um, – God, it, it, it's like 30 Rock in the way that it's so much better than you even remembered it being because you've forgotten all the little moments and the little jokes. Yeah, so yeah if- that's a, the, the joy of a show like 30 Rock is that is you could watch it two or three times all the way through and you're still catching jokes you missed the first time around because you were laughing at a joke that happened before the joke. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like you miss a joke because they're, they're right on top of each other. Yeah, so if you haven't seen The Good Place... Um, all the way through this is the perfect time to do it it's a good thing it's a good thing to watch in a pandemic and also this is my second time through the good place is amazing because it constantly subverts your expectations of what it's going to be to the point where it becomes a different show every episode for a while where you're oh. like oh now it's a show about this and then by the end of the episode they've blown that up but watching the first season i'm like oh my god the seeds of everything are in here they didn't just go crazy and be like, oh, now we're going to do this. Now we're going to do this. It's like, no, it's all in here. They, it's um, all baked in. It was yeah, all set up. And it's, you know, it's the greatest sitcom about philosophy and the afterlife that's ever been made. Um, I ran into, um, when I was found the Marvel Legends, I found there were Funko Pops at The Good Place. I was like, I, I Funko didn't Funko Pops know, of everything. I didn't know they had dancing Funko Pop. Yeah. It's probably more than one out there. I think there might be cheers. If I yeah, go. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. So, uh, well, if you'd like to tell us what you're into, uh, what books you're reading, what movies you're looking forward to, there's ways to get in touch with us. I'm at Not In My Book on Twitter and Instagram. That is the Caffeinated Comics social networking feed. You can also go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Caffeinated Comics, where we post all the news, like things like Benedict Cumberbatch being in Spider-Man. Um, all the news that we feel is not from we got this covered and not bullshit. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and Stephen, how do we follow you and how do we follow the show? You can follow me uh, at the Brave Butter Pecan. I actually, uh, I did have somebody reach out for me from the show. This never happened before. This is incredible. Uh, somebody messaged me from the sh- who listened to the show and said, hey, I heard you on the latest episode talking about the Black Knight in the leather jacket the Marvel legend, if you, you know, you said you'd be looking for that, if that came out and he had a custom of it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if, if he made it or somebody else made it, but he had the recipe and everything for it. Um, like how to do it, you know? Um, and I passed on it because I, I mean, I, just, I have to wait for like a legitimate thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> but if it's you get like into the, customs, you'll never come back. I, that's exactly it. It is like uh, it's like you're opening up Pandora's box. Well, look, I, at, look at it this way. Are you still buying hero clicks? Uh, yeah, I am. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but the, um, uh, yeah, so you can reach me there. I will respond. It was a very nice message from a very nice man. Um, you can follow the show on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and Amazon Music. And yeah, and uh, also want to make an announcement. This week is the sixth anniversary of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Oh, a wow. lot of great shows. We've got, we've made a lot of friends through this uh i would love to have some major crossovers we keep trying to work that out and someday it will happen someday but there are so many good chicago-based podcasts that are really fun to listen to really talented people and uh shout out to edward silla who keeps the whole thing running um i i we, he and i have been friends i would say for the last four years doing this podcast and we've never met it's all been emails and social comments and but Man, he does a lion's share of work. Um, wow. And I don't know what he gets out of it, but I hope it's something. Uh, but six years is a pretty big milestone, and especially in the podcast range where even A-listers, you know, do 13 episodes and call it quits. Yeah. Um, our show is about, oh God, our show is coming on eight years now. So we're actually older than the network. We're coming but- up on... Uh, I don't have the exact total here, but at the start of this year, we were at 367 episodes. So wow. we, we are either coming up on or have surpassed um, 400 episodes. Yeah, we're in October. So yeah, yeah, pretty close. So if you want to listen to any of those, just go to RadioMitsfits.com. Uh, you can find all of the podcasts that they produce, but you can find us on the Lifestyle tab, which uh, you can find an archive of everything we've done with them and then if you want to go back even further you can go to caffeinatedcomics.blogspot.com and there's every episode since the beginning as i always love to put to point out our first episode was talking about peter jackson doing the hobbit and dan slot killing peter parker and wasn't it skyfall uh skyfall was right around that time too i think i think skyfall was going to be our pilot episode we didn't get it together in time oh but uh we will talk to you next week yep